Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. All right. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We are live in Austin, Texas. It's John Massengale sitting in studio with Les Kaiser yeah. and Mr. Jonathan I, Green. I'm, I'm Jonathan Green. Um, <laughs> <gonna> say, <laughs> like sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> I haven't been here for two months, but hey, He's back. back. He's back in the studio. And not only are uh, we excited about that, but we have three amazing guests yeah, good on the guess. show. Hey, you uh, bet. Yeah, we got uh, IndyCar driver Charlie Kimball going to talk about the season starts one week from today yep. and uh, be in Coda in, what, three weeks from today? Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Sadly, Charlie won't be at that race, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. He's only doing a, a, a short schedule, but uh, it's a really good one. Yep. And we also have Will Buxton. That guy. Formula One commentator. Uh, Will Buxton, and he's going to talk about his new book, going to talk about the F1 season up and coming. And we also have another IndyCar guest. We have George Steinbrenner IV. He's an IndyCar team owner and really excited to hear his story and talk about... And yes, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but what's the, what I love about this story, I mean, we all go on about who's the NFL owner? He's 35, who's the youngest NFL uh, t- head coach. I can't remember his name, but... Uh, um, this kid's 22. Yeah. And he, and I, I mean, wow. His name is George Steinbrenner, though. Yeah. So that, that's a helping hey, hand listen, up. I, this is cool, though, that he has broke away from the, the sticks and ball sports yeah, yep. to come to, you know, gear shifts come and ball bearings. <laughs> Mainly sports. Real sport. You've got, got to be careful, careful. son. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm agreeing, but careful. <laughs> yeah, we're really excited, and we, uh, we should have Charlie Kimball here in just a moment, so we're going to get with him in just a minute. But, yeah, we're going to go through... All of what's happening in IndyCar. We're going to talk about Formula One. Uh, Will Buxton's new book. Really excited about his book, guys. And and uh, we just did a quick pre-record with Will because it's uh, like one in the morning over there right now. So we're going to play that here in a few minutes. Uh, but of course, we are super excited about IndyCar coming to Austin, and that's going to happen so quickly. It's going to be on top of us. Actually, some racing going on at Dakota today too. So, but uh, but yeah, IndyCar Formula One. And I think we have Charlie Kimball on the line. So we're going to get him on in just a second. And the producer's given me the, he's given me the heads up. Almost so. there. Almost, <laughs> Almost there. there, yeah. But yeah, we're really excited, guys. We've got a fantastic show for you tonight. And by the way, we have been putting our shows out. Uh, we'll kind of do some testing live on YouTube and Facebook and places like that. So if you want to try to tune in, we're live on YouTube right now, but... Uh, are we uh, we good to go? All right, we're ready to go. We got Charlie Kimball. Charlie, welcome to Speed City. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you, man. Thanks for coming on. 
My pleasure, my pleasure. You guys as excited for the first race at uh, the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, the NTT IndyCar Series, as I am? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Life's <laughs> intro. Do yes. you need a breath? <laughs> Stop for a breath? Oh, yeah. We're ready for this season Heck to fire yeah. up. And, uh, you know, uh, it's I love the changes. I love the, the driver names, you know, that are coming into Indy. I love what the cars are doing. I love especially they're coming to Austin, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie, exciting times for you. I mean, I know you've got a, a curtailed schedule, but um, uh, it looks just the reading about, about that, how you're going to stay involved with perhaps doing some mentoring, some helping with the engineers and maybe the drivers as well. But you are, you've are you got a really good schedule because you're involved at the start, you're involved in the 500, and then you, you know, you're know you still going to be showcasing your skills at the end at, at uh, Laguna. So that that's all good skills. And also, we celebrate the same birthday, February 20th. <laughs> what a guy. Charlie, I had no idea we kindred spirits it is uh, it's a great birthday it is uh, uncle bobby bobby unser uh, roger penske <laughs> there you uh, go Kimball and yourself wow. wow i had no idea i'm an elevated company <laughs> well listen charlie uh, you've got to be excited because I, I honestly i think carlin it's only their second year but the just the fact that you guys you and um uh max as well as trevor and the team have been together now quite some time and and that's got to be good for a brand new team like carlin and i say brand new they've been around indy for a while now but don't doesn't that continuity really help it, it does it builds on the momentum from last year as you said with it that being their sophomore season in indycar um, not indy lights or, or not here in the u.s and obviously not with their racing pedigree and, and my history with them goes all the way back to 2005 uh, when I raced for them in British Formula 3 and, and Max has quite a storied history with them as well. So that continuity helps build on last year's momentum. Uh, a couple of top 10s here and there, a top five at the Grand Prix uh, up in Toronto um, and qualifying two cars inside the top 20 for the Indy 500 it was pretty special last year. I think the engineers and, and the whole team after the season caught their breath and looked around and did a lot of the, the R&D work that they had wanted to do before the season started, just didn't have the time. Uh, so when they caught their breath, they were able to, to really settle in, figure out what it takes to make an IndyCar uh, go quickly. And, and I know Max led one of the preseason tests there at Laguna before rain cut the day short. So I've got a lot of confidence heading into this year's five-race current schedule. Um, and as you said, it's, it is a great calendar, and it's great to showcase the 11th season uh, in partnership with Novo Nordisk and the whole race with Insulin program. Yeah, no kidding. Um, um, Charlie, of course, one of the, the few men who races with diabetes uh, and has controlled it and looked after it. And I've, I've done many a story um, talking about how you manage it in, in, in mammoth races like the Indy 500, which which is still uh, quite a um, quite a feat. And, and you remain an inspiration to anybody who, who wants to be at the top level of sports um, with a condition that isn't easy to manage. Well, I appreciate that. It's, I feel like... I get a lot of inspiration from hearing people's stories about their lives with diabetes. Um, if it's parents talking about their kids, if it, it's people talking about wanting to accomplish a new challenge, if it's run a marathon or a 5K or anything like that, uh, while successfully managing type 1 diabetes, I really draw inspiration from that and, and helps give me some balance when I get to the racetrack. 
I got to ask you another question. Why you mentioned that you rose, raced with uh, Carlin back in 2005? I noticed today, while doing a little bit of research, there's another young American, Kayleen Federick, um, about to start with Carlin in British F3. So just we'll, we'll get him on the show. But how important was that connection um, with a team like them uh, when you're literally leaving leaving the shores? I know you were born in Chertsey, but you're a you know you're you're, you're an American boy, really. Um, how important was it to be with Carlin at that age? It was, as far as developing as a racing driver, was pretty spectacular. Um, the ability to go over to Europe and, and first start in British Formula Ford and then move up to British F3 with Carlin and, and race on all of those iconic tracks and even get the chance to, to go race at, at Spa and Monza, um, Silverstone, Donington, Thruxton. I mean, all of these just really iconic European racetracks. And racing guys like Alvaro Parente, who I mm. still see um, at at different IndyCar races when he's running World Challenge or different um, touring car events that he is. Um, it, it's nice to be able to have that history and that shared experience, that shared development. Because when you get to IndyCar, it, especially with a team like Carlin, with them still learning in their second year, being able to have that history to rely on, um, I think it it flattens that learning curve just a little bit. Talk about St. Pete and how the team are basically prepared for this season. We say it's the second season. Um, are you hitting the ground running? Because this is a big, big year for both of you guys because uh, you've been top 10 pretty much, you know, there or thereabouts in every race. But what about the next breakthrough? Well, I think it is. It is a big year uh, for the team and for myself and, and for Max. Um, we we do plan on hitting the ground running. We don't show up at a racetrack to finish second. Uh, nope. That's for sure. So we we have a test day uh, tomorrow at Sebring to get ready. I think uh, there are a few other teams out on track with us. And so we'll be able to, to tune in a little bit, hone in a little bit on what we want to do when we get to St. Pete. Uh, we learned a tremendous amount over the course of the race weekend last year. I think we did more laps uh, over the course of the St. Pete race weekend than we had done on the street circuit tire in all of preseason testing. Um, so we learned a lot. And I think by, by the time we got to Toronto, the last street circuit of the year last year, we were pretty competitive. I mean, I came home with a top five, and I think Max was, was right around the top ten, except for an unlucky yellow, I believe. But we had a pretty good street circuit car, and I think taking that information back to St. Pete is going to be really valuable. Got to ask you a question. Um, this young Hannah Kimball, how good is she going to be for the 500, do you think, in a few years? Uh, I think uh, if if we have anything to do with it, especially her mother, she's going to play <laughs> tennis. Or yeah, golf. I figured. And uh, while being a father has completely changed my life, it's changed it for the better. Um, it's, it is one of the most incredible, amazing, challenging, frustrating, tiring, um, it just awesome journeys that, that I've been on. It's right up there with qualifying for the Indy 500 and, and the stress and, and heartbreak and appreciation um, and enjoyment that goes into that. So she's uh, she's pretty special, and my wife and I are very very lucky. Yeah, congratulations on that. That was uh, well. Was she born like just just well in October, right? Not she's not that yeah. like uh, old, right? 
No, that's right. It was October, and she she got a chance to go meet her her all of her grandparents, even her two great grandmothers, uh, over the Christmas holidays wow. out in California. So she's she's already an accomplished flyer. Oh, awesome! <laughs> there you go. There you go. You know, I uh, Charlie, it's one of those things that you know without having all of the entire season to build into. What are you What are you looking for for the remain for the rest of the season that you aren't racing? Well, I think, as, as you said earlier, I plan to be at every IndyCar race contributing to Carlin's development, um, sort of in a consultant role to be able to help short circuit that learning curve as much as possible. Um, and the, I, the idea is that it gives me the opportunity to focus on, at the moment, those five events um, and figure out how to be at my very best uh, both physical training, mental training, preparation, and and all I have to do is go out and do my job on those five weekends, and, and really know that I've got five opportunities to to showcase what what we as a team in that twenty three car are capable of. You know, it's interesting. I talked to Jordan King about this uh, last year, and he said actually it it moved him forward as a driver to be that intensely involved in the team when he wasn't racing because he picked up things because he, he was able to look. You know, that ten thousand meter rule. He was able to look and contribute differently when the pressure is on you and you've got you know you've got all your systems checks and where's my helmet, where's my things. It, it's a different environment, and you see things that you don't usually see, especially from engineers uh, when you're not actually in the car. It's very true, very true, and I think it's an opportunity for me to to learn and grow as a driver, and and like I said, hopefully move the team forward as well. Well, I know, uh, like I said, Carlin, we we met those guys when we were at Indy, and that's a great team and a great Speaking group. Oh, yeah. I mean, the history that comes up, the from nurturing new drivers to veterans, mm-hmm. uh, you're in a pretty solid space. It is. They they have quite the pedigree, and I think it's a, now a thousand podiums to their history books. Wow! Uh, so there are quite a few trophies Man. at their factory yeah. in Farnham, and they're in the UK, and, and their shop here in in Florida. So it's uh, it it is a great team to be with, and I think that their development this year will will continue to move move that flag forward. And and while it's a new role a new environment for me um i'm still trying to fill out the calendar as much as possible because uh, i've always said i i have helmet will travel there you go yeah. Yeah, well listen charlie go. i'm going to be cheeky but i know trevor will, uh, he'll probably expect this from me but <laughs> of course given that you're not racing at cota <laughs> uh, we're going to be on the air both pre and post I-, I think you should pop on over to the media center and just give us 10 minutes of how the team's going uh, for the weekend when when you when you have a chance before the race mind you well, i wouldn't i wouldn't hold you up when you're busy well, I uh, I loved being there for the open test and being up in the tower spotting and, and looking at different lines and things like that. It's an incredible facility, and I, I'm glad IndyCar is, is headed to Coda. And, uh, I I think I know my way to the media center, so you might see me <laughs> there you go. sometime during the weekend. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, uh, Charlie, I think the whole city is getting fired up for IndyCar here at Coda. It, you know, it's, that, it's a lifelong, since Coda was invented, dream for us to have IndyCar here. So I think the city's fired up about it too. What, what's it? What's Coda like to drive in an Indy car? I wouldn't know. Ah, I've never done it. There you go. <laughs> so uh, that's the short answer for that one. But uh, watching and listening to all the other drivers, it's 
it sure looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, no kidding. Sorry, I've been away in New Zealand. I've been doing the Toyota series. Well, that's why I'm focusing on the youngsters because it's always interesting to see how people get to where they're going. Um, it's going to be a good season all over. I, I think uh, it's going to be a competitive season. I think last season showed us that. Dixon's still got his game. Joseph wants a win. Will Power's up there. And like I said, Carlin are ready to break through. It's, it's, it's a really open, wide season with young drivers and, and the vastly experienced. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And like I said, I can't wait to get it started next weekend. And I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, Charlie Kimball, thank you for coming on Speed City. We appreciate it. Best of luck for the season. And hopefully we'll see you in the media center well, here at Coda. You know, <laughs> got to tell Charlie to get back on the show, you got to win also because that automatically happens. <laughs> That's right. We get the winner of every IndyCar race on the show. Charlie Kimball, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Charlie. Bye. All right, guys, we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little Formula One, and then after that, uh, we've got Will Buxton coming on, and and the last segment, George Steinbrenner the fourth, IndyCar owner. Listen to Speed City live in Austin, back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Talk 1370. Hi, I'm Mike Brewer from Wheeler Dealers on Velocity Channel, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to Speed City. I think what we are going to do, boys and girls, is we're going to talk some Formula One. Guy then. Yeah, Will Buxton, and we're going to get his take on this here in a few minutes. But, guys, uh, Ferraris look fast. Mercedes looks mysterious. We don't know what the heck they're going to do. Red Bulls looked reliable and fast. Uh, Super reliable uh, with Red Bull, but... I think that part of it is, you know, surprise of the new season, Mercedes 
half a second back, that's pretty substantial. Even yeah, if it is yeah, just but not, testing, but not by the third, by the final test, they were way left. They was neck and neck with Mercedes. Oh, that's, I mean, with Ferrari. That's why I'm saying with Mercedes, you never know. But, but guys, let's go ahead. We're going to play this segment we did with Will Buxton. Now it's going to push us a little longer on the segment, but let's go ahead and do that and get his take, and then we can comment on what he wasn't didn't have time to talk about. So let's hear from Will Buxton. All right, we're very excited to welcome our next guest, Mr. Will Buxton. Will, welcome back to Speed City. Thank you very much for having me. Oh man! Thanks for staying up late. No kidding, buddy. I'm I'm seriously <laughs> excited for this book, and if you know how much I read books, take that as a compliment. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been um yeah a long time. Well, I say a long time coming. Like I uh, what is it like eighteen, nineteen years? I've been doing this game, and I've always been trying to think of of what I could do and what I could write. So the fact it's it's finally happened, I guess, is as much a shock to me as to anyone. Well, so the the name of the book is My Greatest Defeat, Stories of Heartache and Hope from Motor Racing's Finest Heroes. And I was reading the description, Will, and uh, talking about uh, insights of 20 different drivers. Give us a little more insight on those yeah. insights. Yeah, it's 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 been an amazing uh, journey, and it, it sort of ended up being uh, something very different to what I thought it would be when I started the, the process. I, um, I was watching the the documentary about Ford and Ferrari at Le Mans and Ford's sort of continual failures in the early days and coming back and trying again and failing and coming back and trying again. And, and I realized that, you know, the great stories in racing, great stories in, in sport, if, if not in life are about failure and coming back from that. And I went to talk to some racing drivers because I wanted to know what the race was that kind of broke their heart where everything was going great until the last lap and it was all taken away. And one of the drivers that I was going to interview you for, it said, look, like the idea is kind of cool, but it feels a bit woe is me. Like workshop mm-hmm. it a bit. There's something there. And I didn't have long to think about it. And I went to interview Nicky Lauda, who was one of the, one of, well, he was the first interview for the book. And I sat down and I, uh, I I'd sort of asked a couple of journalists on the way over to see him, like, you know, what, what was Nicky's lowest moment? Thinking, obviously, it'll be 76 and the accident and, right. and all of that. And they all said, yeah, 76 and coming back and Ferrari not really wanting him and 77 and then being absolutely terrible. But someone said, you know, the worst time for Nicky was when he ran louder air and he lost one of his planes uh, over Thailand. Uh, ah, uh, yeah. and, and, and everyone was killed. And he spent the next eight months fighting to clear the name of his pilots and his company. So I sat with Nicky and said, you know, what was your worst moment? And he sort of looked at me and I said, well, you know, I've been speaking to people and they said, well, it could be this, it could be this, but it could be the plane. And Nicky said it was the plane crash. So we just sat there and we talked about that process of how he found out and he flew himself straight out to the crash site and saw the, the, the bodies and, um, you know, went to the funerals and, and he fought, fought and fought and fought and ended up, uh, they discovered that uh, a reverse thruster uh, had kicked in at 35,000 feet and it put the plane into a, a spiral that it, it couldn't get out of. And in the end, Nicky had to sort of threaten Boeing with going up in the sky and doing the same thing to one of their planes again. And if they all came down in one piece, great. And if they didn't, then the company had to accept culpability. And at that moment, I kind of realized, you know, these stories aren't going to be necessarily racing stories. They'll be with racing drivers, but they'll be about their own personal 
journey and their personal hardships and their personal lowest moments and things we may not know, but that created an inner strength, either because of where they'd come from with their racing backgrounds or helped to create the racer that we now know. Um, and I think they give a really great insight into the races that we know. But in doing the book and doing these interviews, I learned so much about myself at the same time and things that I'd gone through in life. And I think at a time when, you know, we're all being told that it's okay to struggle and it's okay to admit when we're not doing so well, that if we can look at these great heroes and men that we consider to be very macho, unflinchingly manly men, and Mm. for them to admit their fallibility and their fragility um, and that they struggled too. I think there's a lot of strength in that. I think it's going to be a, a great read. And like I said, I do not read much, I promise. But uh, <laughs> who do you, give us, a, give us a tease of somebody that surprised you with their response. Yeah, good question. Oh, I, they're all surprising to me in that I found out something new about every single one of them that I didn't know before. Um, I think Jeff Gordon's one was lovely because we realized we had a lot in common and we sort of got to the end of it. And, uh, and I got quite emotional and he was like, why are you so emotional? And I said, well, cause you know, with the exception of the four Winston cups, like we've lived the same life, dude. Well, don't forget the bank balance. There's still hope. Oh, and the bank, yes, yes. Yes. The bank, the bank balance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, no, uh, do you know what they all, I think Ari Vatanen yeah. was one of the most, uh, astonishing. Um, he, went to such a low place after his big crash in Argentina. Um, and his body was, was broken into a million pieces and, and, and in sort of convalescence, he, he was thrust into this enormous depression. And while he was not getting better and his mind was spiraling out of control, he read a newspaper article, uh, that Rock Hudson had died and was you know, one of the first mm. high-profile people to die from AIDS. AIDS yeah. And Ari read the report and didn't know much about AIDS and started reading up on you know on HIV and and AIDS and uh, convinced himself he was HIV positive. Convinced himself that he'd been given a blood transfusion in Argentina that was infected and was convinced that he was dying from from AIDS. Convinced that he'd passed it on to his family his kids, his wife, and convinced that nobody would tell him the truth because there was no cure for it. So every test he went for, every test that came back negative, he was convinced that everyone was lying to him because there was no cure. So why would they bother to tell him the truth? And his mind just spiraled out of control. Um, but he got himself out of it. And, and, and as he says in his own story, the human mind is an incredible thing and in that it can take you to such lows, but that it also has the capability to drag you out of those places too. And so he sees it as a story of the strength of the mind rather than sort of the weakness that can, can take you to the bad place. Wow. Well, I just looked it up on Amazon, by the way. I just started with Will Buxton and it came right up. But hey, Will, we're almost out of time, but we got to ask you a question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, first of all, give the, pl- uh, the the book a plug. Where can we find it? Where, I presume Amazon and, and, and the title. So, yes, it's it's My Greatest Defeat by me, 
uh, Will Buxton. You can get it from Evro Publishing, who are the publishers, um, and uh, I'm pretty sure they can ship worldwide. Um, it is available on Amazon as well. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, my greatest defeat. Hey, awesome. we'll definitely put that out. We've got why well, we got you though. We got to get what we what we love, which is your predictions. And obviously, you've been knee deep in testing. Tell us what you think. Yeah. Uh, what have you learned? We got two minutes. Uh, in, okay, the two minute pricey Ferrari have got it. They look they they look they look great. I mean they look and no one's shown us everything. No one's turned everything up to the max. But Ferrari look phenomenal. The only thing I think that can stop them right now is if there's a war between Vettel and Leclerc yeah. that sees the team implode. But I don't think it will because mm. with the Riva Bene gone, everyone's in a good place. Binotto's very cool, very calm, collected. Yeah. It's a strong outfit and Leclerc is super exciting and Vettel wants that that fifth so i think ferrari look good mercedes it's a really difficult one to call but they don't often get things wrong so i think Mm. we haven't seen everything from them red bull and honda look like the package that could surprise the most because they had a bulletproof testing with the exception of gasly binning it a couple of times surprise of the year i think is going to be alfa romeo Mm. and um Kimi suddenly, I think, who was looking at a couple of years of just sort of stepping backwards into retirement, has suddenly found himself in a really good car, and is and, that, uh, and is and is quite excited. And is that because of the engine? Do you think, or is it as a combination? Nah, so when the new regulations came in, they brought in people like Simone Resta, and we never saw Simone. And he was in the background back in Switzerland working on this year's car, which is why it's got a very different design philosophy to everyone else. Um, That front wing is unique. If that works, if that is a silver bullet, no one's going to be able to copy it quickly because obviously everything that goes behind the front wing exists from a design perspective because of what that front wing does. So if... Alfa Romeo's front wing is the silver bullet no one else can copy it it's going to take them months because it will entail an entire redesign of, of, of everyone else's car so All right, good Will. times it's going to be fascinating thank you so much the book My Greatest Defeat by Will Buxton Will thank you for coming on the show buddy we thank appreciate you. it thanks for having me on guys yeah, I appreciate we'll get, your support we'll, as always it we'll get you lot. back thank on you. again thanks a lot buddy thank thanks you. Will good luck this year cheers buddy alright well we are really excited to, to uh, Will Buxton came on the show and ready for F1. And we're going to go ahead and take a break. And we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more Formula One. And don't forget, we got George Steinbrenner the fourth coming on the show. IndyCar team owner here in a few minutes. Listen to Speed City live in Austin. Back after these messages. Beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described 
as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talk 1370. Hey, it's Patrick Lindsay driving the Park Place Motorsports Porsche, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. Let's, let's talk some uh, Sellis Brewery event. Oh, Sellis Beer, one of my favorites. Hey, we had a great Beers and Gears this week. And uh, the focus, you know, w- was fun, actually. I mean, it, it was a different kind of fun. This, uh, this past week, it was focusing on small, little, and tiny cars. And I'll tell you, we crowned about seven cars into the space of about five <laughs> spaces, I think, maybe four. And uh, it was really cool. There was uh, there were all kinds of amazing little cars there. Check out the Facebook post from then and the Instagram stuff. It was uh, it was really cool to see the spectrum. Uh, several minis. Uh, there was a pickup. There yeah. was uh, the Moke, which is uh, an it interesting like a, vehicle. Looks like a golf cart. Yeah, looks like it looks like something that somebody stole off the assembly line before the body was finished. <laughs> and then uh, you know, just a lot of cool Fiat uh, Multiplayer. I believe was the, uh, the little minivan kind of thing, and uh, lots of cool stuff. This month is uh, this month being March. We are focusing on Meals on Wheels. Uh, over the past, uh, the government shutdown and things like that had a major impact on Meals on Wheels and the food pantries around the country. I just want to. We're going to help try to get them back on their feet, get them back back up to par. So this month it is benefiting Meals on Wheels. And, What's the uh, theme? Grocery getters. <laughs> we're talking your shooting brakes, your station wagons, your hatchbacks, your SUVs. We want to see those high performance grocery getters that get your ice cream home before it melts. Sleepers, too. I like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but the, the manufacturers have been clever in the last few years because they realize that now families are paring down. So, yeah, somebody's going to get the groceries. Not always mom, uh, but dad, too. But dad still wants the Cayenne to have the, the grunt under the trunk, you know? Yeah, or the, so. uh, the AMG 6.3 wagon. I, I had one near me a little while back. I didn't get to watch it for long, but uh, it was nice. Uh, well, it's just as the XL, you know, the BMW X5. That's, yeah. that's that's a classic version. Or a, a Tesla Model X P100D. There you go. It's faster than everything and we just so, talked about. So yeah, grocery getters for March. And then April, if you're trying to plan out ahead, race cars, high horsepower, racing history. So uh, that's going to be a fun one in April too. All right, guys. Well, we've got George Steinbrenner the fourth coming on here in a few minutes. IndyCar team owner. And yes, that name you know from the baseball world, but... I want to follow up to Will Buxton's conversation. We touched mm. on this earlier uh, on the show, but I want to talk Formula One because we are now two weeks away, one week away from Indy, two weeks away from Indy Car. I mean, from Formula One and Australia. It's going to be the race at midnight here in Austin, 
And, of course, we're going to be doing our pre- and post-show. <laughs> our producer was giving the thumbs down at midnight. <laughs> he loves it. Are you kidding? He lives for it. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong answer. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be doing our pre- and post-show, but you got to uh, go to our website to find out where that show is going to air, speedcitybroadcast.com. It's going to be to every Formula One race, across, and we're going to be doing that nationwide. So check out our website. I think it's going to be a good season as well. Oh, I think it's going to be great. You know, we uh, the shakeup that Will was talking about will be interesting. Well, and Will didn't get to talk about it. He did talk about it on the Paddock Pass this past week, was that how close all the cars, I know it's preseason testing, I know that, but the last day, you figure they're at least stretching their legs a little bit, right? Right. Well, all the cars seem super close. And, I mean, McLaren looks really good. I don't, you hate to say that, it's, they've had such a bad run lately, but really everybody but Williams looked Pretty decent. Mm. Well, and it was interesting what he had to say about Alfa Romeo, about them having maybe a silver bullet in their front wing, um, if it works. Um, very interesting, because there's no question that Sauber, um, as a team, were moving forward last year. We saw that with Leclerc uh, and how many results they got. Now they've got Kimi at the helm, effectively, um, and now they are Alfa Romeo racing, um, which means they, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know. It's a label, but it's, I do see the connection very closely with Ferrari. Ferrari want their, you know, their, their, their blue-eyed boy, as it were, because Alfa Romeo is just that, to, to succeed. So I, I, that's why I asked about the engine to Will, and he said, no, it's, it's not just that. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Haas and Alfa go against each other um, as midfield teams with Ferrari power. Yeah, and you know that Alfa Romeo, there's been a, a, several wing differences across the board where they're dramatically different. You know, mm -hmm. where they're, you know, I think the idea is that they're all trying to get that that outflow that they lost. Yep. But fighting all the rules with the big end plates and all that, so it's well, it's, yeah. it's gonna be weird to see all the how these play out. And what Will was alluding to was, of course, if you remember the 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 the, the Braun diffuser situation which won the world championship and then no one could catch up no one could redesign their cars in time um uh, and then of course mercedes doing a similar thing a few years later um so it could be if they get it right that nobody else will be able to try the same technology because they've already designed their cars you'd have to redesign the car um and like i said there's very few years it happens but somebody I, gets ahead of the rules i think if I don't know. If, I don't think Will said this, but I think if they were to do that, if Alpha's wing were a silver bullet, I don't know if they would put them beyond best of the rest. Mm. But but still, if you're mm -hmm. best of the rest, yeah. well, if they if they've got a te yeah, if they've got a technical advantage that no one else can use, yeah, they will. Yeah, and I, yeah, I mean, that would be phenomenal if we, we had someone else besides the big three fighting for podiums and wins. Alrighty, love it. So, love it. Uh, so it's the beginning of a new season, so you know which feature I'm going to bring up: split turbos. Seriously, can we get some information? Is anybody else splitting their turbos? Is Mercedes still splitting their turbos? <laughs> that's a really good question. That was that's such a a simple concept, you know, engineering wise. It's probably smarter. And, and what we're talking about is splitting the intake impeller of the turbo away from the exhaust so that that heat doesn't transfer and. Uh, warm up your fuel that you're ultimately want right, cool. We're, we're going to get some engineers on the show this year and we're going to figure that out. But I, I got another engine question for you, Les. Uh-oh. Um, you know, we're talking about Hondas, you know, being reliable and powerful now for uh, for, for all the F1 teams. Are, are they, I'm wondering, did, when the when the teams that get manufacturer engines that are not, you know, that are not their own, they're not the manufacturer's teams, 
do they get to dyno them? Do they get to say, all right, I paid for this engine. Is it here? You know, I want to show me the power. You know, I wonder if they do that. I've never heard anybody talk about the well, ability to do that. And one of the things we we may have to uh, get somebody on to talk about it. How much of that do you get? Do you get the uh, fuel management? Do you get ECM? You know, are you? Well, McLaren provides all the ECMs for for everybody, right? But do you get the ECM data that goes into that programming, or do you, as a customer, where you handed a blank? CD, if you will, to, to uh, program and dyno tune yourself. I'm I'm really curious how complete is that package? What comes with it? And uh, you know, just I can't imagine. What is they it? Have, Where's the delineation there? Yeah, they well, might say you 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 get this, and if you change it, you don't have any warranty or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was one of the the problems that McLaren had was that the Japanese came over to run the Honda engine for them. All a few year, few years ago, and that was the disconnect between McLaren and Honda is that they had six guys from Japan. They were feeding all the data back to Japan and not integrating it with Woking with with McLaren. And it and and they reckon that that was the start of the end with um, that relationship. Uh-huh. And I think that Honda now, as a company, have realised that they got it wrong, uh, and McLaren got it wrong too. Uh, but for whatever reason, I don't think that Red Bull will make that mistake, and nor will Honda again, because it. I mean, it shouldn't have fallen apart the way it did with McLaren. It should have progressed quickly in the time that they had. They remember, they would get together four years uh, on track, and, yeah. and nothing happened. So let's let's hope that uh, Toro Rosso and uh, Red Bull have got it right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back, we're really excited because we have George Steinbrenner the fourth going to talk about IndyCar with us, team owner. You listen to Speed City. We're live in Austin. Back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 1370. Hi, this is Ryan DeElk, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. 
Welcome back to the show. All right, guys, we are super excited because our next guest is got a famous name, is in a fantastic industry now in IndyCar. We want to welcome to the show one of the owners of Harding Steinbrenner Racing, George Steinbrenner the Ford. George, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, really excited to talk to you about being such a young guy and oh, being yeah. part owner in IndyCar. That's got to be amazing. It really is. Yeah, I, uh, I've had a passion for IndyCar since I was uh, a little kid, and and I'm just fortunate enough now to be to be a part of it. I mean, you've grown up around sport and obviously major league sport. Um, how much of that has rubbed off on you in terms of, forget your age, obviously you've got a, a big pedigree in, in growing up around major sports. So how much can you glean off the family, if you will, about how to run an operation like you do? Uh, I, I seek advice quite often from them um, on sort of just the debate, the, the, the ins and outs of, of, of sports management. I mean, I, I, as you said, I have a family that I can lean on for support and advice a lot, and and uh, I've also been fortunate enough to to know uh, many individuals in, who are in the same position in, in motorsport. The Brian Herdas, Michael Andretti, so to be able to glean off them for advice and and support as well, uh, not just in sports management, but specifically IndyCar management, it's, uh, it's been a big help. Well, at 22 years old, this has got to be amazing for you. But I, I'm just thinking about your drivers. <laughs> I know that some of them are younger, but some of them might be older. But I, I got to talk about Colton Herta because when he came to Good Austin, uh, I, was, I think he likes Austin. Yeah, I, he was. He really that was the surprise of that test to me was Colton Herta, and we just had him on the show like a, a couple weeks before. Uh, pretty incredible, huh? Yes, it, it really was. Um, yeah. He, he of course said that he really, really enjoyed the track um, after topping three sessions. It's not uh, a surprise that he showed up, but uh, yeah, he really enjoyed the venue. He uh, it, it suited his driving style quite a bit, as you can tell by the timing sheet. But uh, it was a great day, great two days for for the whole team. What well, did you get to spend any time around Austin when you were down here besides that coda? Uh, unfortunately, I didn't. No, no, it was a uh, it was an uh, in and out venture, but. Looking forward to the race weekend, uh, weekend of the 24th, and hopefully be able to spend a little more time in Austin. I was actually down there for the X Games quite a few years ago, spent yeah, yeah. a little bit of time in the city, but hoping to do that a little more uh, come race weekend. Well, how did this come to be? How did you become an IndyCar team owner? Obviously, you've got your, your pedigree, like Jonathan was saying, but specifically, how did this come to be? So it all started, um, I grew a passion for IndyCar when I was very young. Uh, I had a cousin who, by the name of Tony Renna who was an IndyCar driver for a short time, unfortunately. But uh, I, I grew up watching him race uh, through the junior formulas in his short time in IndyCar. And then uh, my uncle is Chris Simmons, who is a longtime Ganassi engineer, uh, five-time champion as an engineer. So growing up watching him, his cars race as well. Uh, then getting a little older through my stepfather, Sean Jones, who is uh, involved with our team as well, um, met Brian Herta, uh, and and then followed his race teams throughout the years as well, and sort of keeping myself involved by by uh, you know, the, loving the sport, uh, coming around to the races as much as I could more and more each year, and um, falling in love with the sport I knew. Uh, at a at a fairly young age, that I wanted to be involved in IndyCar in, in some capacity, whether it's working for a team or or as a team, uh, and I'm I'm just really fortunate that I get to live out my dream. 
So it sounds like you're definitely on the business side of, of things and not behind the wheel. Is that an accurate sum? Yes, it is. I just it's think that uh, I love when you have that aspect of all the all the gears behind the wall and that they're working on. Uh, how much? What are some of the things that you you can glean from your family about this race team? I think um, a lot of just uh, man, being in a management position uh, on a sports team because it can be different from. Uh, say a management team or a management position in uh, in other businesses. Um, so more or less, just gleaning from specifics on on owning or running a, a sports team. And and as I said, I ask, I, I glean from my family more in the advice of of owning a business mm-hmm. um, because the though it is a sport, it is very different from baseball and in, in how it's run day to day. So in terms of of uh, how to run a race team specifically i've gleaned really uh more on on uh as i said michael andretti brian herda my stepfather sean jones uh people who have owned or been involved in racing teams in the past well we got to start talking about saint pete um we're ready to hit the ground running uh in florida how are you guys set because you've had already some big news stories in driver lineups uh start the season not the easiest way to start uh where are you now are you are you still actively looking for a second driver or or are you going to go with colton and that's it we're going with colton uh for the foreseeable future we're focused on the one car um uh, focused on getting that one car uh, as ready as we can and, and, and taking it out there and, and hopefully doing uh, what we did at Coda and go out there and, and, and be fast and be competitive. Well, you know, Colton uh, really shouldn't surprise us. It's always surprising when a rookie's doing this well, but in Indy Lights, Colton mm-hmm. looked fantastic. And, and uh, he won, what is it, the Freedom 100, yeah. which is the Indy Lights version of, it's on the same weekend as Indy 500 and all that. And and you were involved with Colton back in the Indy Light Series. Is that correct? Yes, yes. I, uh, we had a, a uh, partnership with Andretti Autosport and Indy Lights uh, running the 98 car for Colton in 2017 and 2018. Uh, and so uh, I, I'd known Colton for years, knowing uh, his father for so many years. I, I actually went to see him race Skip Barber in, uh, in uh, 20. 12, 2012, I went to go see him, Skip Barbers, and then Lime Rock in Connecticut, and that was uh, my first, that was his first year in in cars, and it was my first time seeing him race, followed his career when he moved over to Europe, race uh, F4, F3, he decided to come back to America, he wanted to run Indy cars, and uh, we both, you know, knowing each other for a few years, sat down and said, you know, we both have this dream, let's chase it together. That's uh, that's really really a cool story. I mean, with all you guys being so young, and I know uh, you're not going to run another driver, so that means you're older than your driver. That's good. <laughs> you can say that. Uh, well, what do you? You know, you were Indy Lights last year. So what's what has surprised you so far? I know you haven't had your first race yet, but you've obviously doing a lot of testing and getting ready. Any surprises or anything that's uh, been harder than you thought? Maybe coming from Indy Lights to IndyCar. Um, uh, I think, um, being partnered with Andretti in Indy Lights, um, you know, there was, they, they have such a well-oiled machine over there. Sure. So, um, this, 
uh, partnering with a with a team like Harding, who'd been in existence for just one season, sort of being able to go in there and be part of the foundation of the culture and 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 the team identity, um, as as great and as amazing as as working with Andretti Autosport is, and how much I learned and how much we all learned from that experience. They're well oiled machine, and they already have all their ducks in a row. So it um, there was a lot I had to learn uh, joining a, a, a fledgling team like hurting and, and combining us and creating Harding Steinbrenner. Um, sort of learning a little bit of how to how to grow and how to have that team chemistry as a small team, as a as an upstart team together and sort of uh, earning our way in the paddock and, and sort of fighting to fighting for that relevance, fighting to compete and fighting to be uh, earn your spot in in the names of, of all the top teams. I'm going to say, also notice I did rally cross for a few years, and I noticed that uh, you cut your teeth effectively with some rally cross, getting 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 involved in a team. That must have been good insight because I love rally cross because it, it's so small, and yet there's so much to do in such a, a short space of time. That must have been a good experience to set you up. And you hit the nail on the head. It was it was the perfect sort of trial by fire uh, in working in motorsports. I worked for Brian Herter Rally Rally Sport in in 2016. As an intern, I, I was I worked uh, answering phones, mopping floors at the at the racetrack. I was, you guys know what this is. I was the, I was the guy carrying the helmet around for yep. Sandell, Patrick Sandell, our driver. I was, you know, the one out getting lunch for the crew. Um, I was the one stocking the coolers. Anything Patrick needed, I would get done. So, yeah, it was. And, and as you said, rallycross, it's it's jam packed. It's fast. It's accelerated. It's it's nonstop. It's hectic. So it, it was a great trial by fire, sort of seeing um, uh, top to bottom how a race team works uh, from the inside and being a part of it and, and uh, being exposed to it in such a high-intensity environment like Rallycross. You know, that that's actually pretty awesome because, you know, when you hear a famous name like yours and you hear a team owner – I don't the the work ethic that you're talking about, starting from the bottom, doing all those things. That's really amazing because, you know, the the opposite picture comes to mind when you hear about a big name like that. So that's that's great. I'm glad that you have the family that that sets you up that way and that you've done it that way. Yeah, and and I'm really grateful for it too because uh, in a lot of ways it could shake out. And and that 2016 season, I look back on it with such fond memories. I learned so much. And uh, I'm thankful for Brian Herta for for taking me under his wing and sort of teaching me the ropes. And, and uh, I, I don't I I know for a fact that that I wouldn't be where I am now if it weren't for that season and the things I learned during it. So it was it was definitely a a, a great it was a great experience that I'll always look fondly on. Well, that is way cool. All right, I mean you're right. And and John, you're right. We hear these names come in. Did they get an easy way in the door? Did the you know? Yeah. Second generation names, kind of thing. Well, I gotta, I gotta ask you this. So, you, you guys won the Freedom One Hundred together last year. Um, I don't know if it's ever been done. Anybody has any Indy Lights driver and team owner? Put this has got to be a, a never, right? The next year won the Indy Five Hundred together. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'd have to think about that. But I, I don't think that's ever been done before. That would obviously winning the Five Hundred in any way at any point in my yeah. career would be. Amazing, but that was a pretty cool way to do it. Well, man, uh, the 
your driver slot seems to be he seems to be so fast. I mean, that's you got to be ready there. So if y'all can put the pieces together, wouldn't that be an amazing story? Yeah, yeah, we we know the driver can get it done. So it's, it's just a matter of uh, putting a car out there that we can do it with, and uh, got great faith in our crew and, and our engineering team. We put together a really, really great, really scrappy crew, uh, and the Dakota test really put, lit a fire under them. They were so excited after such a smooth working on season. I got top of the time and shoot. So yeah, excited. I got to ask one thing, and and we just saw F one testing this week. How valid is an appraisal of the rest of the field at testing? Was there a lot of sandbagging going on? I always feel like it's a poker game. There can be. Um, I mean, testing is what testing is. You're going out there. You're trying to. You're trying to find the best setup you can, and and sort of trying different things. Everyone's trying different things, so it's not always uh, the greatest indicator. What we hung our hat on is that we led three sessions in a row and finished second in, in the fourth. Um, because anyone anyone can really top a session, not anyone, but you know, set, testing sessions can be topped by different people and it can be inconsistent. But uh, you know, what we hung our hat on was the consistency of, of the two days and and how real that speed was. Um, yeah, I guess yeah, anybody could do no those. Dinner. There were those, no tricks. Those there, glory it was, runs. It was, <laughs> Yeah, it was. It was. We were. We were as fast as the time showed. So it was. Yeah, and and the consistency really uh, led us to believe that that we might have something special here. All right. Well, George Steinbrenner the fourth. We thank you so much for coming on Speed City. And we'll see you soon. Yeah, we'll see. We'll you come soon. find you, at Coda. Yeah, we'll come find you, at Coda. And, and best of luck this season. We're going to be watching you guys. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, please do. And thank you. Thank you. I'm. I'm really stoked. I'm. I'm excited for the twenty fourth. All righty. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. We'll we'll see you here at Coda. Best of luck this week as well. All right. Thank you very much. I hope he knows to look for guys named George Costanza walking around with a clipboard. <laughs> I I got you were asking him about sandbagging. I was thinking, is he trying to catch a young owner off guard? He might let out a secret or two. I just really always kind of question <laughs> testing when you see somebody like that out. You know, that first fast. out front. Yeah. All right. It, well, it, it doesn't do that much good to sandbag because you don't gain anything. Yeah. I mean, if you've got something special, like a piece of equipment, fine. But yeah. All right. Well, thanks uh, thanks for all of our guests coming on to Charlie Kimball, Will Buxton, and George Steinbrenner. We appreciate everybody. Thanks for tuning in tonight. And um, we'll be uh, doing all our F1 thing this season. So go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, and check us out. And we will talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Have a trail. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey.